0: People are weird, man. People are weird. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, capscorner.com your source for Virginia sports. Play. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, October the 20th. Cavaliers are coming off of a 48 to nothing Molly Wapp and a Duke. They will be back in action Saturday night against Georgia Tech and the Ramblin' Wreck. We will no doubt be discussing um, the absolute... Um, uh, wood shedding of the Blue Devils, um, which frankly, I think probably caught us all a little bit off guard. I think we all expected Virginia to win, uh, expected Virginia to put up some points, didn't expect Virginia to be the only team that scored any points. Um, and we will also preview the aforementioned um, Saturday night matchup uh, with um, Georgia Tech. And um, in, in a game, I think that, you know, I, I haven't seen the line, but I can imagine that. Uh, there will be some folks out there Who might think that Virginia might stumble here Just because that's just sort of the, the the way it works in in the coastal Right, is is every time you think you know A little something about somebody, somebody stumbles Somebody does something out of character Or, you know, or does something in coastal character If that makes sense uh, Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody First up in Fish- Fishersville, David Spence is back on the show How's it going, my friend?
1: Going pretty good, Brad. Let the band play Who days on the board at, who days on Twitter Yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that was that was nice. Um, up in uh, Loudon, staff writer Justin Ferber is also back on the program. What's going on, my dude? Uh, all
2: right, time for my uh, big political statement. Um, nah, I'm just playing. Add uh, Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter.
0: I like how the band, you know, being able to play in the stands is like a quote unquote political statement. Yeah, it's,
2: I'm with Dave, honestly. I don't really, unless there's like some science behind it that I don't understand. No, I'm pretty Um, sure the science
0: at this point says that it's, it's okay. It's just, it's like, it's like one of those things where like the decision hasn't caught up with the science. You know what I mean? It's like, Like, it's like
2: the uh, smokes weed once meme where it's like, (laughs) but but if they're blowing (laughs) it out of these big instruments, won't it spread it all over the place? And somebody's (laughs) like, yeah, you're right. Uh,
0: managing Editor Damon Dillman also on this year' program, Damon, uh, what are, what's your opinion on? I like how I introduce them and when I always ask you a question. That's that's our shtick now. Uh, what is your opinion of the band? Should they be able to play? God, I should have said should they be able to play on. That would have been really fun, really good. Should the band all be side, able to play on?
3: All signs point to allowing the band to play.
2: That was pretty good. Nice.
0: Well done. Well done. Uh, ca- uh, at David the- Dillman There you go. Thank you.
3: Cavs Corner also on Twitter. <laughs> all signs point to at David Dillman All
0: signs point to at David Dillman Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and please stay out of my mentions. Um, <laughs> so forty-eight to nothing. I'm going to pull this up just because, just the numbers of this. Still, I don't know. It's just fun. All right, Virginia was all right. It's forty-eight nothing win over Duke. Okay, Cavaliers roll up five hundred twenty-eight yards of total offense, which is not that. Impressive, considering some of the numbers that Virginia's put up this year, except when you think that Brendan Armstrong didn't play in, a third, in the fourth quarter. 25 of 45 for 364, two touchdowns. He's averaging 403 yards per game. He is on pace for, like, a ridiculous season, if he were to keep this up. Um, we will no doubt be talking about – whether or not uh, we agree with the fact That they pulled him when they did um, But the thing, this is the stat That like blows my mind And I don't know, maybe everybody else knew it noticed this And I was just you know out to lunch on it But, okay, Virginia was 8 for 8 In the red zone and scored all 48 points In the red zone Has that ever happened before? I cannot think of a game like this Where they won You know, easily uh, And also scored so many points In the red zone Of course, Duke was 0 for 3 um in the in the red zone um david dave when you look at this thing and you are looking at the numbers from this game can you can you take anything away from this and go yeah this is the team or is this just because duke kind of sucks like when you walk away from saturday's win do you think man uva is kind of hitting on something or do you think man david cutcliffe is going to get fired
1: First of all, I think it's weird when you call me David. But I know I, know, I know, <laughs> I said it, and it was very
0: strange. It's no, it's because you, on the Zoom thing, you write David, and it's very strange. And I just looked well, up and I said David, and it was—I don't know—it felt it felt it very, it it felt very odd coming out of my <laughs> mouth too. It's very
1: strange. Look, I mean, I think any any win is a good win, right? Um, you, you said it in the opening, like the coastal is crazy. You know, uh, Duke almost beat Georgia Tech the week before, and Georgia Tech smashed you know Carolina earlier in the season, so any, any win in the coastals good and a beat down like that. Like I, I regret hedging on making my prediction bigger last week. Um, like, I mean, I had a forty-two twenty. 20. I thought here was a time to let it, let it percolate. Um, but I really thought Ginny could blow them out. If, especially if what happened happened, which is where they got ahead and Duke and couldn't rely on the running game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great sign. Um, they created turnovers, caused a little bit of havoc, and, you know, converted in the red zone, as you said, and got the running game going a little bit. And not to mention they got – you know, Brennan was able to get really good numbers and take a quarter off, quarter plus off. So, I don't know. Short of the the rainstorm, like, pushing the fans that were there into the concourses where they never returned to the stands, um, it was a good day.
0: Ferber, in your wildest imagination 48 nothing how close to how close to anything uh remotely in your mind was that
2: i think yeah i mean i think that this was the week to do it if you were going to do it just because duke is so reliant on the run and, and we talked about it in the preview and on the podcast last week um if you can force duke to throw the ball um not on like a change-up sort of way like you know they're running the ball they're running the ball they throw it like they have to throw to win the game, you know, then you can sort of do different things defensively. And that's been the recipe for Duke, for UVA against Duke recently. And that's why they've been so successful against them. Duke's passing game is just not on the level. Like they don't have the athletes in space that a lot of these other teams have. They really haven't had good quarterback play in a while. Um, And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like once you get them out of plan A, it's like, what are they going to do? But I I certainly didn't think that they would, you know put a shutout out you know out there like duke was scoring a lot of points um and you know like honestly like you got to give them credit for the shutout but duke had three red zone trips and didn't score any points so um they move the ball okay at times but yeah i mean they're they're just not set up to play against uva especially if they get behind early
0: Damon, as you have watched the team this week um, and and talked to the guys and stuff, have you gotten the sense that they they that they got a bump coming out of this, uh, or was that sort of like a business as usual ho hum? You know, like you know they, they almost like they expected to sort of roll. What's your what's your gut tell you about sort of their mindset of that blowout? Something they thought they would do, or something they are really excited that they did?
3: I think it depends on who you're talking to and which side of the ball they play on. Because that's a good I think point. from the, yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think from an offensive perspective, yeah, it, it was kind of just handling their business and business as usual. But I think from the defensive perspective, I think that's a group that the phrase tangible result has been thrown around a whole lot from Bronco and post-game over the course of the last of these last five days or so, whatever it's been since that game. I, I think from a defensive perspective, they needed to see that kind of performance. And I think it was really important to them, even if it ultimately didn't matter a whole lot in the grand scheme of things to get that last turnover there uh, at the end to preserve the shutout and keep Duke out of the end zone. Because yeah, I mean, on here, we've been maligning the defense everywhere. The questions have been pretty much nonstop ever since the Carolina game. And we've been told things are getting better, more consistency but there'd still be those mistakes in each game. And they'd still give up a couple of big plays, still give up points. They, the, the bad third quarter against Louisville, um, the way they let Miami get back into it, obviously the Wake Forest game, even though everyone says the defense played better, that clearly was not where it needed to be. And then you go out and pitch a shutout in an ACC game and, and, Yeah, Duke may not be a very good football team, but they were still averaging 30-some points a game. They were still 3-3 and on the season. Uh, And you found a way – I mean, just the fact that that hadn't happened for a UVA team, a shutout in ACC play since, what was it, 2008? That in itself proves how rare that is how difficult that is to do. And if Duke makes that field goal on the first possession, none of it happens obviously. So there, obviously there was some, some UVA magic as Joey Blunt called it in play as well. But from a defensive perspective, I think it's a huge boost. I think you could just get that sense from Joey Blunt, Nick Jackson, when they talked to us uh, coming out of the locker room after the game, Hunter Stewart on Monday, he, he was pretty upbeat. Uh, First time we talked to him. So we don't know if that's his personality, but I, I think, uh, I think, you know, coming off a shutout and a three straight wins, uh, you're going to be in a pretty good mood. So uh, Nick Howell obviously is still focused on improving and and where things can still get better. And obviously there are places where things still can get better. But yeah, I think from a defensive perspective, it's a huge boost and it's something they can carry into Saturday and into the rest of the season here down the stretch. So I kind
0: of want to talk a little bit about Brennan Armstrong. Um, I don't know if if anybody listening to this podcast knows this, but he's he's a quarterback of, of the Virginia Cavaliers, and he's having a pretty good season. Um, I I am largely um not necessarily. I guess I am surprised. I'm surprised at the volume. I'm not surprised that he's having success. Right. Um, you look at the numbers. Right. Um, he is currently leading the country. He's got two thousand. Uh, 824 yards he's 192 yards in front of second place and 498 yards in front of third now as i mentioned on twitter the other day um the kid from um wku he's played one less game he's in second so clearly at this point you know he's he's got a better per game average um but the two kids from fresno state and um um Oh, the, third, the fourth team is escaping me. But the two kids who are tied in third, you know, they have played the same number of games that Armstrong's played. Now, he's at 403 yards per game with five games left in regular season. That would put him, give him another 2,000 and change. So that would, you know, potentially give him 4,839 4, yards for the season, which would break the school record by 1,300 and beat the ACC record by 246. Um I got to be honest. I, I think at some point, and and I'll I'll just out myself here, right? I thought at some point the, the that that this would stop, right? That at some point it would dry up, and clearly it has not. And I don't know if that's a function of how locked in he is, how well he fits the system, how well Anai understands him, um, the amount of playmakers around him. Um, but it seems like to me. And I want to kind of talk about this for a few minutes. That the kid has really hit a stride, and the, my question is: Are we seeing his best? Right? Is this his fastball? Can't how? What's left for him to to sort of improve on? I mean, granted, you know, he 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 only had a you know fifty six percent completion percentage in this game, right? So I mean, theoretically, right, you could say, oh, he could make every pass. Okay, stop. That's not what we're talking about. The reality for me is that I'm still. Kind of shook at the idea that Virginia has The national leader in passing yardage On its team like I don't know how to process that I mean there were Some seasons where I didn't think the dude was going to hit 300 yards over like three games Let alone in three quarters Um, And I don't know I mean, Are we not talking about This kid enough like it's just wild to me That this is a thing and still is a thing You know with you know Halloween Right around the corner Dave How (laughs) impressed are you To this point you know, it, are you surprised that he's still able to keep this clip? And
1: how angry were you that
0: they pulled him when they did the other day?
1: I wasn't very angry, but, um, yeah, I'm surprised. That, I mean, I don't think – I'll tell you one reason the reasons I'm not talking about it because I don't want to jinx it. Like, it's it's good to see. Yeah, I mean, right? After all those years of, uh, let's say, subpar quarterback play to be nice, um, it, it's kind of weird to see. I can't remember. I'm sure I texted you guys, but, you know, we were talking during the game on Saturday, like, I remember when, like, when, when our quarterback got near 300 yards, it was a big deal. Like, Brennan's done that almost in the first half a few times. Um, yeah. And what's amazing to me is, like, it, if you think about, you know, we kind of heard rumors and, you know, whispers that Brennan, you know, when Perkins was doing his thing, that BA might be a better fit for what they want to do because he could run the read option a little more and all this stuff. But no one ever said, Hey, Brennan's going to be a great fit because he's a, an elite passer. It was, what he could do with his legs and his arm. And honestly, for the last four games, plus he hasn't been able to do much with his legs. Um, you saw a little bit more mobility against Duke. You know, he had some runs early and then a touchdown run. He's definitely getting his form back, whether he gets fully healthy by the end of the year, who knows, but um, look, I mean, he's got a great, like an incredible group of receivers, even with uh, Davis out, like, you know, everyone seems to be elevating their play. They're, they're, they're still dropping some balls, but you know they seem to have a good rapport with him. They're doing a good job. The offensive line's giving up some sacks, but they're you know, when you talk about the volume of throws he's playing, he ha- he has like they're giving him time to look to his third and fourth option on a lot of plays. And those guys are getting open, so but he's hitting them. I mean, I think if there's anything he needs to work on, it's, it's efficiency. And we continue to see that kind of head scratching pass every game. We got lucky against Stu because it got deflected up in the air and turned into a pass, you know, completion attempt. Um, that probably that might have been a pick six there. Um so it was, you know, that that I think he's got to work on. But no, it's it's been immensely fun to watch. Like I wouldn't want to bet on him continuing that pace for the rest of the year because tough opponents coming up. Um but we also haven't if his leg gets healthy and he can pose that threat, then they're gonna have to defend the pass game differently. So he, he could get better.
3: Ferber,
0: you have obviously done a lot to to break down Armstrong to this point, and you've you know you've written a lot of words uh, about him. I, I don't want to again. I don't want to say that you know everybody has been sort of sleeping on him, but like I get the sense of I, I guess I don't get the sense that UVA is really pushing him. I'm not saying for like a Heisman campaign, right? But but in this day and time you would expect there would be a lot more out there, right? Like you should be able to buy his, you know, a number five Jersey, right? Like you should, there should be more, um, hype, you know, when, when you've got the national leader in passing yardage, what can he do as, you know, not just Saturday night, but in general, as the, as these last five games and, and potential postseason, uh, play arrive, what can he do to be better? Is it more about, um, you know is it cutting down on the on the dumb mistakes is is it more about you know a nick calling it even a little bit you know differently like how 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 can he be better than he's been
3: um
2: i don't i don't know that he really i mean this might sound dumb but like i don't really know that he can be much better than he has been um i think this is this is it i think he's kind of like hitting the ceiling um and, and I don't say that to say, like, he's, over, like, not good or something. Like, I mean, that's why he's number one in the nation in passing yards and right up there in passing yards per game. Like, they need him to do this stuff, and he's going out and doing it. And, um, like, I, I think that the there have been improvements from last year for sure. um I think he's a little bit – you don't see those, like, Oh my God. What was he thinking throws as often? They do still happen. I mean, like he, he got away with a pretty bad one against Duke that ended up being a catch. Um, but still, I mean, he's got a 19 touchdown to six interception ratio, which is solid. Um, and hopefully that will continue to trend in the right direction. Um, I think, you know, he's, he's giving them what he can give them. And and he doesn't have, he's not going to be like throwing 60 yard bombs. Um, but he he's had an adequate arm. He's at really good accuracy. Um, the thing that has impressed me the most is his timing. Um, you know, he's, he's very good at like throwing into windows against zone. Um, especially at the, you know, I did a film room on Johnny woods, you know, that all those throws are in the second level of the defense, usually between the linebackers and the safety. And, and, you know, he's, he's doing a really good job at like picking his spot and finding the guy. And then he's also doing a nice job of, um, you know, when the play doesn't really show up right away for him, like he doesn't have a quick throw to make, he he's taking his time, he's being patient, he's staying in the pocket, he's finding a guy downfield. And I think one of the reasons that UVA is so hard to defend right now is, in the passing game anyway, is because UVA has like not just a bunch of weapons, but they have a diversity in the skill sets. And you have a big guy in Jelani Woods that's like a matchup nightmare. You have a, a fast guy in Wicks on the outside and Henry too. And then you have uh, a Kemp who's like an underneath guy that can get open off the line of scrimmage. You know, you got some running backs and can catch the ball in the backfield. And then you throw Keaton in that mix, who, is, who has really become like a bona fide wide receiver at this point. Um, and he can do a good job like like Woods at the second level. So I think that makes it hard for Like defenses are going to struggle to play man against UVA with that variety of skill set. Um, so he's kind of picking apart a lot of zone. And, and that's where he's doing well. Like he knows where his guys are going. He, he can read the defense, right. And he's putting the ball where it needs to be most of the time. And, and yeah, I'm still interested to see what he can do with his legs down the stretch. But I think that him and I have a good, you know, like marriage going right now of, of you know, play caller and, and quarterback and, and everything's kind of going the way it needs to go. And I know, like Dave said, they're going to play some tough defenses in the next few weeks and things might kind of drop off a little bit here and there. And I'm like you, I kind of, expected at some point there to be a a, a clunker but um so far he's doing what he needs to be doing and i don't i don't watch him and see a guy that it's like oh he has all this other stuff that he's not doing i think he's showing you what his skill set is and he's just maximizing it this year
0: yeah i think that's a really good way to frame it because to me as i watch him what i see is not a guy who is like playing above his station but i also don't see him doing and i don't see him doing anything that's like um that's he like looks beyond what he Right exactly Beyond what yeah. he can do Consistently right He's in a really good spot Right now where he understands You know what The offense wants him to do To your point He's very comfortable Against zone And because of the skill sets Around you know him That I think you're right They're going to play A lot of that And I mean he he You know he's He's in a place where he He's he's not just Throwing it well Deep um, I think his I mean honestly His mechanics have been Pretty strong too um he just he's just locked in and where i I, the only thing i would say is that when what we have not seen this year be it because of you know him kind of dinging his knee or just you know virginia being somewhat conservative with it you haven't seen a whole lot of him running he has just basically been throwing um i don't know damon if more running threats actually equate to him having more yardage. It might make the offense a little bit better in spots, but they're humming along so well right now that it's hard to argue with it. Um in terms of what you expect to see from him going forward, where 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 do you think this thing goes? Is is there a clunker coming? Have you seen any sort of worrying trends? What's your what's your sort of read on how well he's played to this point, and if that's something he you think he can sustain. I'm at a point now where this
3: is kind of, uh, I don't know, this is almost the expectation game to game to me at this point, just because uh, Dave said earlier about how he's had a couple of games where he's almost thrown for 300 yards, uh, especially the Duke game. I said this to you in the press box at one point, I feel like at some point. It was almost like a quiet 300 yards. It it snuck up on you. It it's all in the flow of the offense, and it it's yeah maybe they could run the ball a little more, but but it, it just seems a natural like it felt like he had like 160 180, and you look and he's closing in on 300. It's it's just it it just this offense as you said is just kind of humming along at this point. It's it, it's moving the ball efficiently and. Putting points on the board. And so I'm at a point where I feel like this is, this is kind of the expectation to me. I'm going into, I don't know if I necessarily expect 350, 400 yards a game, but I I don't see any reason to expect Armstrong. I mean, of course, you know, it's just like a starting pitcher is just, just doesn't have his best stuff one day and you don't see that coming until he gets out there and starts giving up hits and start giving up runs it's kind of the same thing with a quarterback maybe he just doesn't have it on but you can't see that coming until it happens especially with the high level armstrong's been playing at this first half of the season but i don't know could you define miami as a clunker is that what a clunker looks like for brendan armstrong this year because if so that's still a pretty high bar for a clunker um so yeah i i i'm at a point now where this is just kind of this is what this offense is going to do this year. And this is what Brandon Armstrong is going to do this year. And, and he's just going to continue to put up. It's you're almost numb to it at this point. It's just the status quo. And and I just, I don't see a reason why to expect otherwise. I just think things are, things are in a good place right now. And I know it's crazy to say that as you guys have all said, uh, it's crazy to say that about a UVA offense and a UVA quarterback, but this is uh this is where things are right now. And and I don't see a reason uh to anticipate otherwise until given a reason. And I, I don't know what that reason would be at this point. Um uh, my only concern would be uh the turnovers. Um I know that's something that that has kind of plagued him. Those Brett Favre comparisons, uh, that's something that's kind of plagued him for two years now. Um, this was the first game. The Duke game was the first game since the season opener. That he didn't throw an interception, um, but he got lucky on that one that you guys pointed to that wound up going to Kemp when the when the corner jumped the route. So, yeah, that would be my one concern is is that going to haunt uh, is that going to haunt him? Maybe and maybe a bad interception at a really inopportune time. But beyond that, I I have no real reason to doubt. Armstrong and where he is right now as a quarterback.
2: I kind of have a, a one thing. You mentioned the pitching analogy. um I think the the real one for this Brandon Armstrong is like you know how you have a young pitcher maybe and he's like okay, and then the next year he comes out and he the first few starts he just kills it. Yeah, and you're like oh he's playing better than I thought he would, and then and then he does it like ten times, and you're like, like oh Nathan he's just Kirby. good now, right? Yeah, yeah,
3: like Nathan Kirby in 2014, yeah.
2: And it's like all of a sudden it's like oh no he's not the same guy like he's a different guy now and we just have to kind of forget about what was there last year yeah I think they, that's but, where he is
3: I think that's a good way of putting it yeah uh,
0: what's the what's the saying like don't look don't look back because you're not going that way right like you know don't look think- a gift horse in the mouth. Okay. That too. All um, signs
3: point to Brendan Armstrong being <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But the
0: the thing about Armstrong I think that is so interesting is that like when 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 Perkins was there, you know, a lot of people would tell you like, well, you know, he's really good, but Armstrong fits everything better. And at some point it it just became like a all right, but really. You know, you, you'd see Perkins go out there and just like tearing it up, but now you watch the offense and you're like, "Oh, maybe maybe this was legit." Um now we're going to talk we're gonna talk. Th- we're gonna we're gonna all put on our conspiracy theory hats, not the bad kind, okay? Not not the not the ones that'll you know get you you know fired from your job, but we're all gonna put our, our 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 conspiracy theories hats on. We're gonna let Dave talk to us about why Lavelle Davis is gonna play sooner than later because I keep thinking about this offense with Brendan Armstrong, you know, slinging it all over the yard, and I'm like, well, what happens if you put Lavelle back? Now I'm not sure what that means for everybody else and I'm not sure how long it would take for us to get to like peak level. I mean, let's be real, the kid's not been, you know, he's been practicing, um and and such, but he has not, you know, he's not done like full, you know, he's not been full go, right? I mean he's coming off of a, a knee injury like thirty seven minutes ago. So, Dave, when do you realistically think that he plays? This- I, I,
1: this gonna I, I be hope, a, this gonna be a section on the pod every week. I think. I think. Yeah,
2: we, I was gonna I think, say how we don't. There's no new information here. No, like, I no, we no. This is by? no. This
0: is speculation corner. Okay, we're, we're this is that time where people, you know, they're like, look, we don't need to. We don't mean to speculate, and then they tell you why the guy, you know, clearly sprung sprung a giblet. Um, no, we're we're just gonna speculate. We're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna talk. It's fine. It's totally fine. Speculated last it's last week. Just
1: us. <laughs> Do I? I speculated last week that yeah, we're yeah. I mean I kinda of mentioned we're we're in the window where if he's coming, you know, if he's getting close, it's gonna you know, it's probably gonna happen at home. Um I don't think they'd fly him out to Provo to play his first game. So if we don't see him this weekend, we probably don't see him till at least Notre Dame. Um but yeah, I mean, look, the timeline says he should be getting healthy. I don't know. I haven't talked to anyone. Um, but we know he's at practice. And at some point, like, I mean, if you're depending on how much he's doing in practice at some point, the risk on the field versus the risk in practice, you know, for the, the medical reasons for not playing kind of fall away. So who knows? We don't know anything, but yeah, it, like, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I mean, I'm excited to get him back just because of what we saw from last year. I don't, I don't know where he is top speed wise or size wise, but heck, if he only gets back for like the last two games, you know, um, you know, that pit turf is pretty tough, but, um, grass yeah, yeah i mean that pit grass is pretty it's, just, it's just gonna over. be mud i was thinking of, yeah i was thinking of the time of year um but yeah even if he's like you know not back full full speed and, and you can just run him out in a crucial situation in that game and get a team to burn a out or or overreact to it Like, you know that'd be fun to see but i think my gut tells me we'll see him before then
2: I kind of think like this is going to be a hot take and I don't mean it to be like any sort of like disparaging thing about like Lavelle, obviously, but are we, are we sure that they like need him?
0: <laughs> oh, My okay, point is sometimes, sometimes, wait, wait. Sometimes, when growing, you,
2: growing... sometimes when you have a good thing going and you throw <laughs> something else in the mix, it can, it can be to the detriment overall. Like what if he comes okay, wait, back and they're like trying to no. find ways to get him the ball.
0: Okay, wait. Pause. 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 I, we got to. We got to at least. We got to at least pause to 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 let the let the absurdity of this. And I'm not disagreeing with you actually. To let the absurdity of this just wash over us, right? How good is Virginia's offense right now? Lavelle Davis might get healthy. We're all like, yeah, but do we want to mess with a good thing? Like that's yeah. Amazing. That's kind of my point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's amazing. But like your points, well taken.
2: Like, like don't throw at, that too many ingredients in the soup. Yeah. Because <laughs>
0: like, if you, if you it, you know, if you start trying to mess with it and you're like, okay, we're going to try to work him in. Okay. Who, who, what spot at the table is he taken? Now that's not to say that, you know, that it can't be done. I'm not like, not crazy. Right. But it just, it, it, it's like, things are working so well um, that, that taking anything out of that mix, you know, you, you do sort of risk, it, you know, it being a little different. Dave, what do you think? Do you, yeah, do you worry about what no, happens no, if no. they,
1: Cause, I mean, how many plays are we like Has Wix been on the field, you know, um, yeah, they got to take breaks when they're running, throwing 60 passes a game. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And, and they do love to change. No, no offense a to a friend of the friend of the podcast Malachi, but you know, he's gotten a lot of snaps. It, yeah, it, that's it wouldn't hurt for that to be Davis or for that to be right. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's plenty of plays to go around. But, and that's I mean, kind
2: of what I meant to was like if he does come if he's healthy like I'm not saying don't play him but I would maybe like not be like oh he's wide receiver one now like, oh yeah you know? I don't
1: like, no I think Wicks is wide receiver one yeah um,
2: Wicks is honestly having a better season than Davis had last just year just
1: because like I mean I never got to see Davis in person last year I got to see him on TV and you know he's he's huge but um and he's fast for his size so like great. <laughs> that's a heck of a wide receiver too and it's only because he's coming back from injury but. Yeah, I don't think he'd come in and be a starter right away, I think. But there's plenty of plays. Um, Red zone plays. Yeah. yeah, And he's a great blocker. You know, um, you, you get Woods and Wicks and, and uh, Davis out on the field and then run a draw play. Maybe that third down draw will finally work.
0: Um, all right. Real quick, before we move on to, uh, to, to Saturday night's game, I feel like we should at least talk about the five-star offensive lineman who's going to announce um, – Tomorrow, um, Zach Rice from Dan Lynchburg is going to announce his decision at eight fifteen, I believe. Um, um, I mean, all indications are it's it's going to be Virginia or Carolina. I think that seems to be the general s- consensus. Um, this has been one I think where it's fair to say that nobody. This is not going to be one of those that leaks, and this is not going to be one where you're going to see a whole bunch of like you know dudes calling shots. Um, you know folks I think involved in this are just going to let the kid make his decision and 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 that'll be that uh, I don't necessarily want to get into speculating about what we think is going to happen and there's been enough of that on on the Twitter machine today what I am curious about though is I at least want to have a conversation about what it means if Virginia were to land him I, I think that it's ridiculous to have a kid who's you know the number one offensive lineman in the country um you know in Virginia's footprint. And has Virginia's top five Is a Virginia legacy kid who has been there For God knows how long um, You know, and that's just to Not talk about him, um, despite You know, I think, like like I said before We're, we're not going to get into, like, the whole speculation Game of it all. I'm just curious, like, If Virginia got him, what that would mean Dave, if Virginia were to get Zach Rice Is he the the biggest recruit Since who? In your opinion?
1: Yes. It's the biggest of the Bronco era, um, just because he's in state, you know. Um, and he's well connected to a lot of recruits in state. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's a national pro at least a, a regional profile recruitment. Um, and it will be national news when he commits. So look for Virginia, who's like just you know, what they're selling not is not gonna not gonna connect with every recruit. We we've had that discussion. Um, you know, Bronco admits that. And he doesn't want it to. He wants to identify the guys at work. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's, if rice has bought into that and he, he wants to be a part of that and he brings that talent and that in state connection, it certainly helps. Um, also wouldn't hurt to, you know, to win a battle over Carolina who is doing a remarkable job in state, uh, in the state of Virginia. Um, But yeah, and then, you know, that's just the recruiting side of it. I mean, on the football aspect, like that helps you rebuild the lawn pretty good when you pair him with, you know, the young guys they have now and Gentry coming back from his mission. Um, That's some significant talent.
0: Yeah. For what do you think? If, if, if Rice were to pick UVA, is he the biggest, is he the biggest recruit? I mean, obviously he's the biggest recruiter of the Bronco era, Mm -hmm. biggest recruiter ever under the modern era
2: i mean that's hard to we're... say um i'd say i mean obviously it'd be in the mix i think the blanding brown double commit was pretty big um both of those guys were top 10 players you know had a lot of offers from a lot of people and uva was just kind of getting their feet you know on the ground under under mike like it wasn't like we knew what uva was going to end up doing at that time anyway it felt like a huge deal um and, you know, 10 years from now, we might look back at this and be like, why were we making such a big deal about it? Or we might be like, yeah, it was the best thing that ever happened. To them. Um, I think it would be big, you know, perception-wise, I think it's always nice to be able to get a guy that you felt like you had the inside track with, that's, that has all the elite offers, whatever. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly up there, and I think he's the kind of guy that can come in and, you know, plug and play at left tackle. And, and obviously, the offensive line is in a much better spot than they were a few years ago. Um, so I'm not as worried about that group necessarily, but, um, I, I do think that, you know, it would be a huge gift for them. Um, and at the end of the I'm not saying this because, you know, trying to make anybody feel better or worse or whatever, but you know, if they don't get them, it's one player. If they do get them, it's one player. You still have to put a whole team around them. Um, a, a huge addition, sure, if they can do it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, you, you're on to the next thing, whether you get them or not.
0: Damon, you have been in the uh, in the managing editor chair since August first. If it only takes, <laughs> if it only takes three months for them to get a five star, you know, rivals one hundred kid, um, you know, that's going to bode very well for your tenure. I'm just
3: saying. I take full credit if he commits. He to Full virgin. credit. That's good. I, I, I've been pushing hard. You've been
0: doing all it can.
3: Oh, that's, that's what all hard. the signs
0: are saying. Let's uh, let's all signs to... points. Oh, so I get, now i'm gonna have to you're gonna have to figure out some way to work all science point
3: uh um,
0: in, the, in the i do have one episode. i
3: do have i do have one i don't know semi question semi point about the moss recruitment is i know it's an imp it's an imperfect comparison the moss
2: recruitment are we going back to yeah guy, know, Steven Steven moss. Moss.
3: which one are you gurus that was brad's uh, guy <laughs> Yeah, which one of you gurus gave Stephen Moss four stars? <laughs> uh, okay, no so about is... the Rice recruitment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's an imperfect. <laughs> it's an imperfect comparison, but say they land Zach Rice. It, it to me, it's proof of how far this program has come. Because early in Broncos tenure, there was Makai Becton in state, who they really wanted, and it was they lost not
2: nearly him. as highly sought after. The, and, Slightly
3: and, better
1: than Stephen Moss, too. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. A little bit. yeah, a little bit. No, but I mean, I mean, you lose him to an ACC rival who comes into your state and plucks him away. Uh, I feel like Zach Zach Rice. Uh, it, it would just be evidence of where this program is trending and where it is heading. And, and I know it's a positive sign when you land a five-star recruit when you haven't landed one in what seven years now. But I, I think I think it would mean out of all the programs, the five teams that are lit, the five finalists for tomorrow night, it would absolutely mean the most to UVA on a variety of levels yeah, on the field perception, uh perception. It would it would absolutely be the biggest. Biggest news for them if they are if they're if they're able to get them tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The thing I was going to say is, you know, the 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 run where you had you know Trey and then you had Smoke and then you had Quinn and 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 Drew like that was that was Eli Harold too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, especially right now, you know Eli just retired the other day, so I don't I my, my apologies for that. Um but that run of, you know, top end talent, it was kind of surrounded by guys who, you know, weren't necessarily on the radar. And we're not saying like these were, you know, maybe lightly recruited three-star guys. A lot of these dudes were flyers, right? I think even though Bronco and his staff have not been, you know, world beaters on the trail, they have done a very good job of being pretty solid, right? Um, They have had some decent wins. Um, Obviously, they've, you know, taken some L's. But realistically, over time, they've been pretty consistent. Um, Didn't matter, you know, where the talent came from. They were pretty good at going and getting it. Um, They have not been able to crack into a lot of the in-state kids. And I'm not saying that uh that you're just going to pull a guy like this and all of a sudden, you know, every Virginia high school league coach is going to be, you know, banging on your door for your, for their their kid to commit. I just think that you have to have one big one, right? You have to have one symbol, right? And and that's something that Rice could be for them. Um now I I don't want to go too far into this because this could have this conversation going to be very very uh, short shelf life, but I do think that because he's an in-state kid, because he's an offensive lineman, because he's a legacy kid, and frankly, because the dude can play. Like I've seen him in person; like he is, he's he's legit. Um, and and I feel like if you you think about what Virginia's done on the offensive line, um, you know, I forget who said it earlier. I think maybe Dave. But like the idea that like they they they've got a whole lot of pieces up front um, that they they're gonna need them too because they've got basically an entire line to replace. But yeah, man, um, you know that's a heck of a pull if they're able to to pull it. Um, and what's kind of fascinating is is that like how when's the last time Virginia was in a recruitment like this put so much so many resources into it? And you can look at the class and say, well, you know, if they don't get him, it's not like the end of the world, right? Like like the whole thing's not gonna crumble if they miss him. That Becton class did not feel like that, right? Like that, when they didn't get him, that one, that one really hurt. And I'm not saying it's it's not going to hurt if they don't get Zach Rice um, because of, you know, how long 2 has been working that one and, you know, the connections and how often he's been there. I mean, heck, they got his, his high school quarterback coming and everything. So I just feel like where the program is right now, you know, he could absolutely take them up a notch or 12, but it's not like they're not already in a good spot, if that makes sense. Um, they don't need them yeah. to come yeah. rescue them, so to speak, right?
1: Yeah. Um, My one fear is like the casual fan who only, you know, and you see them, like some of them not even casual. Some of them are on message boards. They're like, um, well, if Virginia could just start landing four and five stars, they'd make another jump. Well, it's the Tony Bennett thing too, right? It's like not every four or five stars going to care about the, the pitch we're providing them. And that's important because – the culture is what works, right? So, um, I mean, I don't want people to think, hey, oh, you get Zach Rice. I mean, Virginia's just going to start rolling in four and five stars because a lot of guys aren't going to listen to what they're selling.
0: Fair point. All right, let's get to... We're 40 minutes in, so I feel like we need to talk about Georgia Tech at some point. Uh, Ramblin' Wreck coming to Scott Stadium Saturday evening. Um, I got to be honest. I, I, I'm not terribly concerned about this game, although the transitive property of the universe tells me that anytime that that happens um, I'm setting myself up for some sort of failure um forward, let's start with you as you look at this matchup with Georgia Tech and um, and look at the you know I'll head to the preview and everything is this one where you where you have a hard time seeing Virginia lose it or is this one that could sneak up on them what's your what's your general feeling on Georgia Tech right now?
2: I think it's kind of both. Um, like, I think I don't expect them to lose necessarily. Like, I think, especially at home, um, that does kind of take a little bit of my fear away with this one. Georgia Tech is weird. I mean, like, how do they fit in the pecking order of the teams UVA has played? I was thinking about this earlier. I think they're certainly better than Illinois, Duke, and William & Mary. Um, but I don't know if they're better than any of the other teams. I mean, they obviously beat North Carolina, um, but they almost lost to Duke. So yeah, I think I think they're like okay. I think they do some things well. Their defense is is definitely better than what UVA saw last week, um, and, and they have some skill guys that can move. Um, but and then their, their quarterback situations is kind of weird. I mean, like they just haven't really found the guy, and Jeff Sims, and going back and forth with the other guy, and um, obviously they have a pretty good running back who we've mentioned a few <laughs> times throughout the season. Um, who, I mean, he is a solid player. I'm not going to say that he's not, um, I don't think he's going to win ACC player of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be a challenge, but not one that I feel like they can't overcome. I think, uh, it could, you know, you mentioned them kind of sneaking up on UVA. I think it could be one of those games where people get a little bit restless, concerned, whatever, in the first half when it's like close. Um, but I think eventually UVA kind of handles their business at home. I I think, Georgia Tech's offense, um, eventually, I feel like they'll they'll make a critical mistake or two. They just don't seem to really have, like, quite figured out what they are on offense, whereas their defense seems to be a little better than they've been. Um, so I could see this game being, like, a little bit lower scoring than what we've seen in some of these other games. And, and maybe UVA kind of, like, comes out a little bit slow. Um, but I think eventually they do enough to kind of pull away.
0: Um, Damon, as you look at this game, I mean, look, Georgia Tech's three and three on the year. Um, I, I don't know. I'm like forever. I don't know what to make of them. Do you know what to make of them,
3: right now? Just looking at the stats, Georgia Tech is the definition of an average football team. Uh, the record three and three, two and two in the ACC. They're middle of the pack, middle toward the back. In like every statistic, ninth, tenth, eighth, in like scoring defense, scoring offense, passing off, but in the league, offense, the total offense. Yeah, in the league. Sorry, yeah, yeah. They're like middle, tw- like they're somewhere in that seven, eight, nine, ten range in seemingly every statistic. Uh So yeah, I mean, at least on paper, they're the definition of an average football team, and. UVA is at a point in the program and has aspirations as a program to, these are the kinds of teams they, they should beat and they shouldn't uh, they should beat with, with, I don't want to say minimal issue, but it, it feels like, I mean, Georgia tech, I don't know. They could break a couple big plays. They've got athletes on offense. They could stick around for a while. They could probably put some points on the board. I don't think they have enough ammunition offensively to keep pace with this UVA offense for four quarters. Um, I just, I feel like UVA is going to outlast them, especially at home. And yeah, that's, I just, I haven't watched a ton of Georgia tech, but just like I said, looking at the numbers, everything just screams average and UVA is at a point with this program where, where they should handle average teams. Now, you add the caveat of this is the ACC Coastal Division, and, and that's where maybe some of the trepidation comes in. But at least on paper, UVA, I think last I looked, they were like a seven-point favorite, a touchdown favorite. So I don't know. Maybe that's that. that seems maybe even a little light to me, but I don't know. I just, UVA should handle its business in this game. It's just a matter of going out and doing it.
0: In just about every category, right? Scoring offense, rushing offense, passing offense, scoring defense, rushing defense, passing defense. They are literally like eighth or ninth in like everything, right? They don't do – it doesn't seem like they do a whole lot of anything pretty well, right? Um, but they also don't do like anything like really terribly. Like they're just literally just the middle of everything. Um, so to Damon's point, Dave –
2: For now. <laughs> for now. Th- their schedule is – we talked about this in the over-unders. Yeah, podcast or yeah for the season and yeah they're they play UVA then they play Tech then they play Miami Boston College Notre Dame Georgia right they so might not win be, again
0: yeah that, and that's a good point and that's that's a really good point and very timely because what I was going to say Dave was that when you think about sort of Virginia playing a team in the middle of the ACC you would think like to Damon's point hey they they should handle their business here right so maybe the the numbers say they're middle of the ACC but as as things sort of balance out they're not. Um, is there any reason, Dave, why you can't look at this game and think this is going to be last week? Just you know, after dark.
1: I mean, it's Georgia Tech, and I just watched that documentary Monday. So, um, <laughs> no, like, I mean, I think Georgia Tech. I mean, those guys said every about everything I wanted to say about Georgia Tech, but I think they're very similar to Duke. Um, not as far as well. I think, yeah, even. They've got different pieces, but I think they're similar teams. Georgia Tech's just a little bit, you know, is definitely better on defense, but offensively, I think Georgia Tech, it, if Virginia can kind of do what they did to Duke and get a f- couple score lead and put some pressure on them, I don't know that Georgia Tech can can come back from that. And, and if, if, if the run isn't a threat for Georgia Tech, then their offense just isn't that great. Um, but defensively, like, I like a lot of the stuff they do on defense. I mean, they're – they play a lot of three man. They play a lot of sub packages. They 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 bring play. They're very similar to Virginia. I mean, they bring a lot of pressure and they got some good athletes. Um, my guess is they're going to try to bring heat on Brennan all day and see how mobile he really is, because um, he can hurt them a lot more sitting in the pocket the way he's been playing than he can scrambling. Um, so it's going to be you know tough game on the offensive line to kind of pick up those blitzes, Brennan to identify their coverages. And, and be clean, you know, there's another reason they beat Duke so much is they were plus three in turnovers. Right. Um, you yeah, know, so like those, just because of how fond the lawn is, like, um, I mean, it's a concerning game. The other concerning thing from, a, you know, if you want to be a hand wringer, which I've been up to of being before, um, this reminds me a lot of the 2017 season where Virginia had a good start and were like one win away from bowl eligibility, and had some very tough games down the stretch. They had, I think, they had to go to they had to go to Louisville, Miami, and then they had Tech, um, and they were five and three, uh, you know, going into this game, and they won it in the rain in that absurdly good ending. Um, kind of similar here, like Virginia does lay an egg. It, it could get difficult to get to six wins if you, you know, if the teams, the last four teams, are what they potentially could be. The game um, that year
2: that screwed them up was everybody thought they were going to yeah. beat Boston College, and, yeah, and they, that would have gotten them. Too, right? That would have yeah, that would have gotten them to six. I think they would have been like six and two or six and one, and they lost like forty one to ten. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the right. Brown, that Brown kid also put it, put it early in the season.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that was the one that screwed them up. And then they kind of got back on track when they beat Georgia Tech. But like, yeah, the that win, was kind of like their last chance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was their last win of the year too. Um, as we can. A test from Annapolis But um, yeah I mean look they are tougher teams to play uh, Virginia's got them at home under the light Should be good energy and the team's got good confidence um, And you know as As good as I think Georgia Tech's defense Is compared to where it was last year um, It's very similar to what Virginia does And Brendan's seen a lot of that in practice
0: That's true Alright let's get to some picks um, Damon let's start with you In the preseason You had Virginia winning this thing 31 to 13. Um, What say you now?
3: Uh, I'm going to say 38, 21. I'm going to add a little bit. I guess I'm going to add another touchdown in each side. Uh, But yeah, basically everything I kind of spelled out earlier. um, I just, I don't think Georgia tech will be able to keep pace with UVA for a full four quarters. I just think UVA's offenses will be a little bit too much for them. Uh, But yeah, I think, I think the key, as somebody mentioned, was getting out to another fast start whenever and getting some points on the board early and then kind of letting the ball roll down the hill, let that snowball build from there like it did last week. That's the key. If they're able to do that, if they're able to uh, be smart with football, they should they should be able to handle their business. So yeah, 38-21, uh, that's what I said, right? Yeah, yeah that's what you said. Yes.
0: All right, Dave, in the preseason, you mm-hmm. had it 31-21. What say you now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to change it much, but I am going to change it. I think it's going to be a little bit tighter than that. Um, I'm going to say 34-27 to 27 UVA, 61-point total, which keeps us under, for which Virginia has done all but one game this year, shockingly. Um, Wait, for real? Yeah, yeah, Virginia's only going head over one. Yeah, because Vegas
2: straight. Vegas overcorrected after that Carolina game, and then they made all the over unders like ridiculously high, um, and they they just kept going under for yeah. the rest of the games,
1: <laughs> and then my like Duke didn't score any points. <laughs> and my advice on this game is don't touch the lawn, take the under. Um, but yeah, uh, I've got UVA winning by seven. All right,
0: let's see. Ferber, twenty-eight to twenty was your pick in the preseason. How you feeling about that?
2: Yeah, I'm not actually going to change it too much. I kind of think this one will be a little bit of a regression from a point standpoint. Not like a big one, but I kind of think that this one will be sort of slow going at times. I think Georgia Tech will get some stops. Um, Dave mentioned the pressure um, that they can put on, and, and maybe that forces Brendan into a mistake or they get some sacks and kind of like, you know kill drives. I think Georgia Tech makes some plays early makes people nervous um kind of like they did a couple years ago when they came up here um and i think UVA eventually just is too much for them at home i think UVA wins i'll say 31-21 um the only thing that gives me pause is that they just completely annihilated north carolina um and it's like what happened there i didn't watch that game so i don't really know um but yeah i mean it was, that, it that's was one of those
0: it was one of those games where you just like wondered like did the other team gave a crap um
2: yeah well north carolina also like their results since have made it a little bit more clear right um and it seems like if anything is an aberration it's uva's game at north carolina
1: Um, Uh, georgia tech was plus three in turnovers i guess
2: yeah yeah it seems like they kind of ran it all over um but yeah i mean i think that it'll be close early but uva eventually
3: wins it all fumbles too right didn't carolina fumble it away three times
1: uh, I'm only so, so fast. Hold on. no, <laughs> I just, I, I was, I, I was doing true, something
2: actually. that day, and I just remember I was getting a bunch yep, of texts. And It was like, what's oh, yeah. going on? And then I looked at the score and was like, that can't be right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they held Carolina to 63 yards rushing too, which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
2: it was the crazy thing; it was the week after UVA played them, so it was even more shocking at the oh, time.
1: Yeah. It was in the Georgia Dome. That place is magical.
2: Yeah, Mercedes <laughs> yeah, Dome, whatever. It's yeah, called. that was that was weird. <laughs> they just moved the game like a mile down the road. <laughs>
0: All right, in the preseason, I had this thing forty to twenty three. Who's and I mean, listen, I'm gonna do a thing that I don't think I've ever done, but I'm gonna actually pick a blowout, which I'm sure means they're not gonna get it, which means everybody can come, you know, from my head on a on a on a pike. But uh, listen, I I I don't. I mean, look, one Georgia Tech's coming off a bye. Uh, two, um, I think Georgia Tech's defense is going to is that extra time is, incre- is is important because I think their linebackers are used to playing a certain way and Virginia's offense is going to require them to play a different way. And I don't I don't know. I just I like Virginia's ability to create mismatches in space. And um you know, I I think that while Virginia's defense has not been significantly improved, they have they have had moments of in games where they have definitely looked a little bit better. Um And I kind of like them in this spot, Um, especially because I'm about to, (laughs) the number I'm going to drop. So I'm actually going to go 40 to 13. Everybody else gave more points. I'm taking some away. Um, I just, I don't know. Um, I was in a place a few weeks ago where I wanted Virginia to show me and the Cavaliers did that. And now I'm in a place where I just feel like with both the Duke game and this game, to me, they feel like easy wins. Now we'll, we'll wait and see if Virginia's in a place as a program and as a team where, you know, they can turn that into fruit, you know, make it come to fruition. But at least as of now, I, I kind of feel like the Cavaliers roll them a little bit. So we'll wait and see. Would you
3: say that all signs point to a blowout? <laughs> I
0: just can't, just can't stop, can't stop, won't stop. Um, Yeah, I, yeah. All signs point to Virginia blowing them out. That's what I said. I said it. I'm sticking to it. Um, All right. I think that's a good place to put a pin in it. If you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, you can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your Spotify Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating review, it helps to get us out in front of more people. We appreciate that. Now, if you're somebody who found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CapsCorner.com. Um, let's see. Right now, I don't have all the notes in front of me because I was slow tonight. Um, Film Room on Jelani Woods, as Ferber mentioned earlier, we got the PFF grades after that dismantling of Duke. Um I don't know. We haven't talked about how the ACC sees the ACC. I think that's a fun thing that Chris Peak over the uh, Pit Site started doing. So that's up. We got video with the coordinators. We got the three, two, one. Um, Mike Wyman, who's a transfer wide receiver from South Carolina. Uh, we got a story up on him that Damon caught up with him and did the other day. Um, and yeah, oh yeah, there was also the Blue White scrimmage, which we did not talk about, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, whoever runs this program should should be fired. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff to check out on the website so you can go and do that at your leisure.
2: Um, we do so again, get really um, lucky this year because we have the bye week. I know it really is possible right? starting, so it's like, yeah. oh, now we can just spend all of our time talking about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, David and I were talking about it the other day. We we're trying to like we were talking about like content through that week or whatever, and it's sort of like magical the way it sort of lines up. Um, so anyway, all right, again, I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. I want to thank Dave Ferber and Damon for giving graciously their time this evening as always. I appreciate it. So, for David Spence, Justin Ferber, and David Dillman, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.